Hello and welcome to the Mash Those Buttons podcast. This is Jarrett. Rob. And Frank. Yes, this is a special edition podcast. It's not the Versus series and it's not our monthly podcast, but uh, this one is uh, on a specific topic. Uh, the Assassin's Creed series as a whole, not just Brotherhood. And we're just going to talk about the series today, uh, what's happened, what do we think is going to happen in the future, uh, what was good, what was bad, what can be approved, and mainly, uh, mostly about the story. So, uh, you know, I'll, we'll start off with, uh, you know, getting everybody's general feelings about the Assassin's Creed uh, game in general, a series. Uh, Rob, you can go first. Well, uh, first off, big spoiler warnings throughout this whole thing. So if you haven't played Brotherhood and don't want it ruined for you, you might want to wait to listen to this. Oh, definitely. Um, but in general, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed series has been great so far, I think, um, at least as far as being you know one of the better new like franchises that's come out. Um, it, it just, you know, they, they've taken a good story. I like what they've done with as far as, uh, like, historical perspective and kind of uh, messing with, like, here's some real figures in history, um, but we're going to take it. And, like, here, you know, the little gaps that, you know, history doesn't necessarily know, we're going to kind of fill them in a certain way that actually makes, you know, history kind of interesting and flavorful. And, you know, we're taking something that's already there and kind of using it to our advantage. So it's, it's an interesting series. So nothing but good things so far, really. What about you, Frank? I, you know, um, it's pretty much exceeded, I think, a lot of my expectations as, as, a, as a series as a whole. Uh, from the very beginning with the first Assassin's Creed, I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it lays down the groundwork for the couple. But it's, it's amazing how well they've been able to uh, manipulate the series to make it that the first game was, okay, lay down the groundwork. And then the second game was so much better than the first. And then you get this third great game in Brotherhood where there's more implementations of new ideas, of course, with, uh, you know, having your uh, Assassin's Guild being brought up and, and, and being able to really uh, build up Rome and really uh, uh, capitalize on exactly what they did in the second uh, Assassin's Creed. So it's been, it's been really a great series, you know, all the way through. I mean, uh, I, I, it, I can't say it's been perfect, but it's, it's been really, really good, and they've done a great job so far. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the series as a whole. I have to admit, uh, the first one, it took me a while to beat it. It's not that long of a game, but it was so wash, rinse, repeat. And, you know, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the story they were delivering, but the gameplay, was, it wasn't as... Uh, you get kind of bored of it after a while, but the reason I actually finished it was because of Assassin's Creed 2, and I'm hearing good things about it. So once I finished the, the first game, which was good, uh, the second one, 200% better. I don't think I've ever seen improvement and improvement so much from a part one to a part two but even in you know part two just kind of extended into brotherhood which i thought was also a great game so i'm very pleased with the series as a whole not only not only the gameplay but the story and uh you know how how it looks the characters i think everything is great um but as for right now, we're going to go ahead and, you know, start with Assassin's Creed 1 uh, and talk about that a little bit. Not that much to talk about in Assassin's Creed 1 besides the fact that it lays the groundwork and, you know, you meet the Assassins, you meet the Templars, and you find out what the Peace of Eden is. And, of course, you know, you go from 
city to city doing your assassinations and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, a couple seconds ago, it's it was very watchman's repeat. You know, you do your three uh, spy, not three spy missions, but you, you, know, you get your three pieces of evidence, you take <laughs> it to the assassin's order, you know, they give you permission to kill the person, and you go and kill, you know, you go and kill the person, which, depending on which person you, you killed, I mean, you can either do it, like, the way you're supposed to, which is fun and stealthy and not getting caught and stuff like that, or you can sometimes you just kind of run through and, and kill the person. They do give you that option, depending on your play style, you know, if you're patient, impatient, if you're the type of person who really likes to do things the way they're supposed to or not. Um, but in terms of actual story, um, I don't think it was that much there. What do you guys think? Um, first Assassin's Creed, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. It definitely got more dynamic after, you know, when the second one came out and past that. Um, the, I think the most interesting thing that you kind of discovered throughout the course of the first one is that, like, you're looking for this piece of Eden and it, coming to discover that it's not just, like, some holy, you know, artifact or something like that, not, you know, just something with mystical powers, but, like, it's, like, you know, almost space-age, you know, alien technology as opposed to, like, just some, you know, religious deal. Um, that's probably the most interesting thing about it, more or less. Like, it, otherwise, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. It really was kind of a, a watch and repeat. I think that the thing I liked best about it was the fact that, like, Despite the the sameness of going from city to city doing things, uh, you definitely, I felt like you got like kind of a different experience out of like how you killed each person because you know the way you escape, the way you get in, the way you kill someone, um, you know, even given the number of tools that you're disposed in the first one, which really wasn't that much compared to like you know where we are now in the series. Uh, but outside of that, like you know it. It was very basic in some ways. Um, it just really did just lay a groundwork, but it was, you know, it was it was good enough that it, you know, got you to, you know, got a second game out of the series, which I think was the the major point for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, you're right. The assassinations, each one was a bit different, so uh, you know you can't complain about that. But I'm talking about, well, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, save the citizen. Uh, Right. Hit pocket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, kinda. my brothers will thank you. Like, you, every time you save somebody, they got a brother. Like, I don't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, you know, that's... He just happens to be a vigilante every time with his group of friends. Like, you know, it, yeah. I mean, there are certain things that were, you know, that very much the same. I mean, literally, every time you go to a city, it's the same thing. But, I mean, outside of that, the actual assassinations themselves, not even because they were necessarily that different. I mean, you, you're killing a guy and you have a sword, a dagger, or your hidden blade. So it's like your options are kind of limited, but just like, you know, the the actual environments that you're going into, you, you know, do you fight like a whole group of guys when you're done killing them? Do you just, you know, take off like a bat out of hell? Do you, you know, you hide? How do you sneak in? You know, are you able to kill that person without alerting anybody else? I mean, that kind of stuff made it interesting. And I mean, they took that, which, you know, I think was the major, like, high point aside from just the, like the historical perspective. And, you know, they took that and then added on to it, which made it a better series in the long run. But, you know, I mean, first game in the series, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Frank? How you feel? Um, I can. I, I think you can really second that notion in terms of like you know the Assassin's Creed of uh, you know like everyone said so far you know wash, rinse, repeat. A lot of it looked the same. A lot of the same stuff. Um, things just didn't seem right. Um, I'll be absolutely honest with you. I hated the first one. I 
hated the first one. I was absolutely, I think I, I bought it, I opened it, I put it in, I played about an hour, and I turned it off. I don't think I started playing the first one again. I'm serious, Rob. It was it was really, really bad to me. I did not like the game at all. And uh, one of my friends came over and he said, you know what, let's just try to beat this game. And uh, we went through the game. And by the time you know it, I didn't really get into the whole story really until after a lot of the assassination attempts had been done and almost right at the end. And then it was like, wow, you know, uh, here's this piece of Eden, you know, I mean, uh, here's this, you know, here's this backstory of like a twist on the plot and, oh, wow, look at this blood on the wall. Oh, what in the world's going on here? And then like after that, it was really like, oh, now I see, you know, what's going on. Now I see where they're trying to go with it. You know, this is pretty interesting, but, you know, it, re- it really, in terms of laying, the, of laying down the groundwork, it was, you know, here's his how to assassinate, here's how you do this, blah, blah, blah. But they took the core of that, and they made it absolutely better. And thank God they did, because I'm telling you, if they really didn't, I I don't know what I would have done with this. I don't even think I would have played the second one. I would no, have no. probably. Yeah, no, you know? it definitely wouldn't have taken off again if they had kind of just did the same thing over again oh, in the second one. That would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's you know? the... The reason why I didn't even get into the second one when it came out was because I didn't. When the second one came out, I still had not beaten the original. I don't think I started playing Assassin's Creed Two until I think uh, May of 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 twenty ten, because like I just I didn't even give it a chance. But then you know, your t- Frank was telling me how good it is. I watched a couple videos online, and everybody's telling me how good it is. I'm like, okay. So I just... You're talking you know, about I, the second one, Joe? I didn't mean to... The second one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, okay. the second one. So I, I just, you know, barreled through the... Because I had played literally 50% of Assassin's Creed 1, and I hadn't played the rest. So I just, like, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to each city. I'm only going to do the three pieces of evidence, because, you know, there's, like, six. So I'm only going to get three pieces of evidence. I'm only going to go to high points that I need so I can see the evidence. I'm going to do my assassinations, and I'm going to be out. Which, when I did that, I literally flew through the game. But you're right. The You don't find out about the piece of Eden or what the Templars are really about until almost the very end of the game. Like, it's like in the last, like, pretty much almost the last sequence of uh, the game is when you find out what the Peace of Eden is, what it actually does, uh, and, you know, what the Templars want with it. You know, because the whole time you're playing the game, the Templars are like, we're the good guys here, you don't understand, we're going to create peace for everybody, and... You know, that whole story. So, you know, you, you knew a plot twist was coming. I just didn't know it was that plot twist, you know? Yeah, they do kind of set it up as, like, especially when you're killing guys and you're like, you know, they, you don't know what you're doing and you're just killing people because you're being told to kill them and you're kind of like, well, maybe I'm not the good guy here, you know? Like, they do kind of set you up and then they, you know, flip it around, which I think is the thing that you know, best with is setting up something that you, 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 by the time you think you know what's going on, they like flip the script on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that's, that's weird. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> something <laughs> they've gotten true. good at. You know, I, it's just so funny how you guys say all that, you know, it was really when you, after I played the first one, which is uh, probably about 
five or six months before the second one came out. And uh, it, if it wasn't for the second one right in the beginning of really like going through that whole, you know, how the second one starts and it goes through like a, a quick summary uh, of flashbacks, you know, to the first one. I mean, after that and then looking back at the first one, you're like, wow, you know, they really, they, you know, developed the story enough to make the second one so good. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, you know, I, like I told you, I, I, the second one, I, I fell in love with the series right at the second one. That's, that's when I fell in love with the series. It wasn't the first one. It was the second uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I think that's the case for everybody. I don't. I haven't met a single person who'd be like, "Oh my God, Assassin's Creed One was so mind blowing." You know, there's nobody. <laughs> yeah, I, that I, I know I've that. met that person. I think I was one of the few people that like actually wasn't too upset with it. You know, being as repetitive as it was, I think any like almost anybody else. Like, I can't imagine anybody really fell in love with it until you know they got to the, you know the got to the second one. Yeah. yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, uh, yeah, it was all right. Someone asked me, oh, how's Assassin Creed? Yeah, it's all right. It's not that good. Yeah. Well, let's, um, well, since we're talking about the second one so much now, we're just going to move right into Assassin's Creed 2. Um, actually, I'll add my piece after you guys, Rob. Um, you know, you tell me how you feel about Assassin's Creed 2. You mean Assassin's Creed Awesome? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, that, it's that's pretty actually apt description. I mean, it, it you hear it all the time that we have you know a second game that's coming out. We've learned from the first game. Uh, we're gonna improve on it. We're gonna add new stuff. We're gonna make it more interesting. And it, very rarely does that actually happen. And then the second one came out and really did actually you know kind of I guess defy expectations a little bit. Um, the uh you know it it basically you know you take a, a, a this this you know womanizing you know teenager in italy you know new setting and stuff like that which was interesting in the first place to go to renaissance italy for something like that you take this you know kind of you know noble you know womanizer jumping out of girls windows at night and you know stuff like that um <laughs> And then you turn him over the course of this whole game. I mean, the, the years and years in this game, and that in Brotherhood, and you turn him from that into this like you know serious kind of still you know still suave in his own way. But you take him and turn him into this badass assassin, and and really do improve every other aspect of the game. I don't think there's an aspect of the game they didn't actually improve on. They gave you more weapons to use for killing people, for you know assassinations. Uh, there's better, you know, more you know supporting characters that are more interesting. The plot gets bigger. Um, you know, it it was just a better game. You know that, and it's very rare that that really happens. You know, usually it's like here's the same game with kind of a new coat of paint on it. You know, a little bit better graphics make you feel like it's a little better. Uh, to just really like it went above and beyond, and I think that's why the series took off so much, even more so than the, you know the first one. Yeah, uh, Frank, what's up? Well, you know, it's. It's he put it so well. Rob Rob put it in such a great way. It's I can't imagine how a game could be so linear and yet be so open. I mean, you, you go right through the whole portion of Assassin's Creed Two, and from beginning to end, you watch the growth of an individual from you know like like, like Rob said, this womanizing kid, like we all probably wanted to be or were, uh, you know. But um, overall, I mean, you you go through this whole thing and you watch this person grow up. 
and become an assassin and get better and more weapons and more things to do. And when I mean linear, I mean you can follow the story, but you can go ahead and you can build up room. You can, you know, you can build things. You can build up your villa. Um, it, it was just so in depth with so many different things to, you know, maybe not so much the feathers. So I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on that. But, you know, I mean, like, you know, the, you got to go around collecting treasure chests. Uh, you want to build up your villa because you're going to get money. And when you get this money, you'll get tons of weapons and tons of everything else that you want. And before you even get to the ending of the game, you're like totally just like, wow, there's so much stuff I've gotten done. And I think I played the second one from beginning to end with everything that I've done all the way through. I think uh, maybe 12 or 13 hours a day. I just couldn't stop playing. I think I finally beat the game right on New Year's Eve. Or something like that, and it was just like the game was just unbelievable how well it was made. With the uh, uh, like the first one, it was it seemed like everything looked the same. With the second one, they they changed everything. That everything looked deeper. Uh, the the guys, I mean, just the weapons, the 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 fighting. Oh my god, the fighting is so much better in the second one than it was in the first one. Um, and it, it was just really well thought out, and they really did a great job just bringing and getting rid of the the. Sorry to put it that way, but just the crap from the first one and then just bringing everything good and just really building upon it. And I can't say enough about this game. I mean, I'm sure all three of us, I'm sure there's going to be stuff that, you know, we're not even mentioning that other people have seen that's so good about this game. And, and we, we probably won't even know about it because we just take it for granted. And it's such a it, – it, you just can't say enough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I've never seen such an improvement from in a series from part one to part two. I mean, usually – you're used to, like Rob says, you have part one, sets the groundwork. Part two of the game, um, you get some extra weapons, uh, new enemies, a couple new features, and that's about it. But everything from Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2, the gameplay, the look, the weapons. I mean, even, like, the presentation. Like, the one thing that did bother me about Assassin's Creed 1 was that you're in Jerusalem, but yet all these guys are speaking like they're American. Everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, there, there is no it's accent good. there yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, not, not very much in the way of one, yeah. I mean, you had the occasional guy who sounded like he may have been Arabic or something like that, but, I mean, really, there was no, <laughs> there were no real accents going on in that game. <laughs> I think the only guy, one of the only people who had an accent in that game was the, the guy who used to sit at the um, in the assassin's uh, hideout, and his arm was missing, and that was it. Oh, and yeah, then the master, yeah, yeah, and then, and then um, you know, with Assassin's Creed Two, I was like, yeah, with Assassin's Creed Two, uh, you have everybody with the Italian accents, and even speaking Italian, and I don't, a lot of people didn't know this, but if you you can turn subtitles on and you can read their subtitles in, in English, and there's a lot of cursing going on in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now yeah. I can I can identify like um, you know, Italian swears very well now. Thanks to Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> That's right. We're getting educated. The things that educate gamers. That's what we're at. Exactly. You know, just just before everyone keeps going, I mean, come on. I mean, even even with all that, I mean, how else could you say, I mean, how they, how they, like you said, the presentation of the story, the presentation of the characters, how you saw Ezio, you know, as he was growing up, still womanizing, like Rob was saying. I mean, it's the facial expressions, everything. Perfect. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, you could spend a long time just talking about, you know, how much better two was than one, and how good two was in general. <laughs> yeah, we could we could spend the rest of the podcast doing that. Yeah, but you know, in terms of story, two had a very large arc. I mean, you know, we could say Assassin's Creed one took took place over a week, 
over a few weeks, maybe at most. Maybe like a couple of months or something like that. Right? Well, yeah. Well, I get. Yeah, I guess so. You have to include the fact that he's riding everywhere on horseback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess. I mean, yeah, within the course of things going on within cities and stuff like, yeah, it's not. It, the scope is a lot different. I mean, you're talking maybe a game that takes close over if you're being generous a year versus, I mean, Assassin's Creed 2. I mean, I don't even really know the number off the top of my head, but what, at oh, least 20 years? Yeah. We, yeah. It, it, it's, oh, it's a little bit over that, actually, because he, um, he starts, the game starts with Ezio at 17. He ends, when he ends the game, he's 40. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we calculate it, because we're nerds like that. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. that's pretty <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, Etsy, Etsy 40 by the time you get to the end of Assassin's Creed 2. And actually, in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, they make, you know, in the beginning of the game, they make mention of it when the woman says, somebody your age shouldn't be doing things like this. Um, yeah, he's spry for a 40-year-old, man. Yeah, he's very spry for a 40-year-old. That's without Gatorade. And, yes. uh... And whatever that other stuff that these uh, big guys, there's no creatine. Uh, there's no, no icy droids. hot. <laughs> <laughs> no icy hot for when he falls off those buildings, you know. <laughs> but oh, um, man. you know they um, not only did it the the story, you know, arc over a long period of time. They made it feel like it really did. Like, and not only did it make it feel like it, it, it arced over a long time, everything still s- s- felt fresh. Like I was still ten hour, I, I was ten hours into the game when I finally realized that I'm no longer in the beginning of this game, but I'm already in it for 10 hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a that's a really good. That means almost every mission was something new, something fresh, uh, some type of new weapon, new power, you know, something that made me feel like, oh, I'm still being taught things in the game. Yeah. Which is very good because usually after a few hours, you, you, you are you've done everything yeah yeah you're, you are in the game and at that point you're going to get upgrades to your weapons maybe a few new weapons but like the overall experience doesn't feel new uh, did everyone else feel the same way where you know I mean you you get all this money but not only that you can change your outfits if you you're getting tired of the same look uh you get the upgraded weaponry and everything it's just uh, i don't know what else you can say more about about such a great game i i just don't yeah, I, I honestly, like, the only criticism I can level at that game in particular and the series as a whole is the fact that I, the one thing I will never understand is how you jump off of, like, a 14-story building and you fall into a, a bale of hay and you're okay. That's the only <laughs> thing that's that I can criticize about that whole series because even in Brotherhood, you're still doing the same thing. And you're like, man, I especially with him being like almost fifty, you're like, how's he not broken something by this point? Like, my head, not my head, limping out of a barrel. Yeah, <laughs> like how did you not miss? You know, <laughs> only thing, only thing I can criticize really is. It's, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm wondering, did you guys all feel the same way I did? I mean, I just. I never wanted to put it down. I don't think there was ever a time I wanted to put it down. There was something else that pulled me in real life away from the game. I, I just didn't want to stop playing because there was something new to the story. There was some new weaponry I wanted to grab. Uh, you know, just something new was going to happen, and I just wanted to keep playing. Did you guys feel the same way about that? Uh, I can say I, I definitely it made me want to keep playing, keep going, because everything, it was always a new experience almost every every mission. I mean, you really didn't start getting into the, you know, do this over type deals until like later in the second half of the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very much with the 
I mean, like, I, I don't necessarily say I was like, oh, my God, I need to play this game, like, every minute. But the game did a really good job with, like, making you want to explore more of the game. I mean, you could very much have just gone through that game and just gone straight for the missions, you know, straight for the things that you had to do. But, I mean, with the, the villa upgrades, the 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 finding new the finding Altair's armor was probably like one of my favorite parts of the game because you know oh, yeah. just 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 the just the you know that kind of like history like oh you're getting the, you know that guy's set of armor from the first oh, game yeah. like, that's pretty badass um, but to, you know and the 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 way that they set up those those areas the tombs and stuff like that um, they had a lot going on in the game and it just did a good job of pulling you in and then like not really wanting to let you go because you're like you know you've got different towns you can go to you can you know you know paddle the boats like you're in the you know in venice and like you know all the you could just spend your time doing dumb stuff i mean and just the the, the the way that Assassin's Creed the first one you know you could really just climb around anywhere and you know run around anywhere that you wanted to go um it did a very good job for that and that's that kept that up in the second game you know it's not you know there's just more and more that you can do and go and see <laughs> it's yeah. crazy and there was definitely more story you know to it i mean you know you like, like we already said you know you start the game as a young kid you don't understand what's really going on then uh, you know giovanni gets killed and you find out that your family's part of the assassin's order and, you know, you start your assassin's training. And, you know, while you're going on, you learn more about the Templars. You learn more about the piece or pieces of Eden. You find out there's more, more than, than one, one yeah. and how they work. And you find out that the, uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, the other piece of Eden is the papal staff, so therefore the Pope is evil. Well, in this case, the bad guy is the Pope because you know Rodrigo Borgia becomes was, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he becomes the Pope, um, so that he could um, you know, he he thought he was what you know he thought he was the prophet when Ezio was really the prophet. Which um, actually, I thought not oh, even really. He wasn't even really the prophet, actually, when you get down to it. But I mean, he was the one that entered, so I guess technically he was the prophet. But yeah, he was that. that in that situation, I thought the way they played that off was really cool. That the uh, that those uh, those beings, you know, that well, that was Minerva in there. New civilization. Um, yeah, the um, the the first civilization. They they, they knew that. Etsy, that Desmond was Ezio's, uh, you know, well, he was his uh, descendant, and so they sent him a message through his genetic memory. I thought that was, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, by the time you get to the end of the game, and, you know, you're like, yeah, Ezio's the prophet, he's gonna go in here, you have that epic fight with, you know, with Rodrigo, and you go in there, and then, you know, she starts off talking to Ezio, and then, like, by the end of it, turns to you, looking at you, sitting there watching the TV, and says, Desmond, like, it's on, it's up to you. And you're like, okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was a little freaked out. I was like, she starts looking at the TV, I'm like, uh, what's going yeah, what's on here? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and Ezio's standing there like, well, who is she talking to? Who's Desmond? <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's like, who's Desmond? And it's, you know, like, the, the truth is, I mean, Ezio's not even really the prophet. You know, like, he is the guy who gets, I guess, basically kind of deliver the message, but it's really Desmond who's the prophet. Yeah, like, that part where she starts, when she's looking at TV talking to you, and of course they have the creepy music going on in the background. I'm like, if she pops out of my television, I'm going to scream like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Like, uh, is this message really meant for me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
you know so like yeah it's, uh, that was pretty that was pretty cool i also think that the um the inclusion of the truth uh that they did in assassin's creed 2 added a whole another dynamic to the game i mean at this point if you listen to this podcast we already told you that spoilers so we assume that you have played and beaten assassin's creed 2 and gotten the truth so you should already know that you know it's a video of adam and eve ex- escaping the first civilization um so that i thought that was uh pretty cool you know you get to see the uh first civilization um using the the apple to control the humans and you know stuff like that i mean everything like from the story the truth the assassin's tombs everything about that assassin's creed 2 package made it an excellent game and i couldn't wait for the uh you know the second you know the brotherhood um also something that i guess a lot of people don't pick up on because me and you had this conversation before frank about assassin's creed 2 is that it talks about um well briefly dungeon they talk about but they show who uh well how um altair extended his bloodline with the templar chick do you remember that yeah 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 i think it was uh i think it was maria i think it was uh was it her name or mary yeah did you know did you know about that rob yeah i mean they go through it in the course of that i mean there's that little flashback like about i would i guess like halfway through when you start getting the bleeding effect and you realize yeah. that like altair was you know knocking it up with the templar and it's like that's huh, okay <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> that's a really classy way to put it that's awesome. yeah yeah that's great <laughs> um yeah. i i think i thought you had i thought you yeah i mean you brought it up right when right when uh Right where it was, I mean, the truth videos is seeing the first civilization, and you see uh, what looks to be Adam and Eve, you know, uh, climbing up on the building, and and you know the, uh, you know, I think this really goes into where the Brotherhood goes. I think, um, what was it, the, uh, the uh, single digits, the uh, binary, uh, binary notation that shows up right at the end of the video uh, of the, um, what was it? I think it was 2012. Uh, I think it was right, right. Uh, yeah, if you go, yeah, if you go line for line, um, it's E D E N, so it's Eden, and then there are uh, twenty zeros, and then there are twelve ones. So if you put all that together, it's Eden twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's something that was. I mean, great on how they really put all this stuff in there. If like, if you really wanted to detail and look at everything, that that's what they put in there. And then you know, seeing Adam and Eve, and then you seeing Eden, and you're like, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, you know, if I don't know if you guys want to lead into the into Brotherhood, but the uh, you know the Eve, you know, uh, when we get to that, I guess I guess we'll bring that one up again. You know what I'm talking about, right, J- uh, Jared, with the. Um, uh, you know, at the end yeah, of that one. Okay, okay, I guess. Yeah, we'll touch we that. might as well because we've we've already praised uh, Brotherhood, uh, not Brotherhood, uh, Assassin's <laughs> Creed Two enough. <laughs> um, so, it's but not um, worthy. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brotherhood. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> you know, you go to Brotherhood, and of course, it's not as a, a huge of a leap as Assassin's Creed from Assassin's Creed One to Assassin's Creed Two. It just extends that experience and gives you even more now. I mean, if you're talking. In terms of gameplay, now you can ride horses in the city. You have um, more weapons. You have even more things to do. Like the brother, like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. If you just go mission for mission, you can literally beat that game in about five hours. It is from mission to mission. It is not that long. However, there's all that additional stuff, like that you want to do. Like you know, when it came to a Brotherhood, oh, sorry, not Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Two. You have a whole bunch of additional stuff 
but it's not necessarily stuff that like if I don't want to race, I'm not gonna race, or if I'm not gonna if I don't want to do you know certain things, I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But you know. Um, you know, now you're building up Rome. You want want to unlock those tunnels so that you can, you know, travel in the city faster. Um, you have the Romulus layers, which unlike the because you know they're they're the replacement for Assassin's tombs. The Assassin's yeah. tombs, you just kind of went into the Assassin's tombs and um, you know you completed them. But with the Romulus layers, the first one really doesn't have a story, but the rest of them actually they they have like story and. You know they're very interesting to do. You know, yeah, they develop over time. You know, yeah. you start out and you're like, okay, it's just a replacement for the tombs. Like you just do this so you can get the the awesome armor. You know, um, and then by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, there's actually you know more to this. You know, here's some Templar. You know, being having their hands and everything again. You know, the, that sort of thing. And even the backstory behind just getting to the end of you know, those scrolls to unlock the tomb um, where you get the keys, the stuff that you read about, and, and well, you know, since we've already thrown the spoilers, you know, it, the stuff you, you hear about Brutus, you know, and the assassination of Caesar and all that stuff, and, and finding out, you know, everything involving that, that's, that's also a little bit, you know, like, mind-blowing. Like I said, like, they do a really good job taking historical figures and kind of putting them in a different context that you weren't, you know, aware of or you know not necessarily not aware of but that you don't realize i think i think it really makes it believable i think with with everything that they've done and the amount of detail that they put into this story for Assassin's Creed brotherhood i can't i i mean with the largeness and everything that they've added yes i i guess you can consider a new game the amount of story that's there though i think that I would consider this more to be more of like an expansion almost than than anything else. Um, the Brutus armor was awesomely badass. Uh, the way that finally they made it so that way you can seamlessly assassinate uh, enemies, uh, you know, or dispatch them with extreme prejudice so quickly was just something that you know shows that like you know wow this guy's really like should be the leader of the assassins. This guy's awesome, and I think that all built upon. Uh, on, on Ezio in itself and how, how well he was versed in, in his arts and the reasons why he decided to recruit the people and really bring up Rome. I mean, that was just great. I mean, having been able to, to you know, have, you know, nine assassins a part of your guild all at, you know, highest levels and just sick them on everybody that you want was just an excellent idea. And I really want to see them improve on, on, on some of that that's there. But I can't say enough about a brotherhood either. But I feel I don't know if anybody else felt the same way, but I felt like there was just something missing. And I, I you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't tell you what that is. There, there feels like there's something else missing from this uh, from this brotherhood, and I, I just can't seem to put my finger on it. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I will say, like uh, going off one of your points, that um, it, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that you know this guy really should be the leader of the assassins because even though through all the events of two and even most of the events of Brotherhood, you aren't even officially the leader of the assassins until you know, yeah. Machiavelli turns around and is like, well, I think it's about time that we make him the leader. And you're like, dude, he's been doing this for how long? And like, you know, <laughs> doing all this craziness and all the, you know, all this thing against the Templars and like he's not the leader by the time you even get to that game. It's kind of an interesting point that you're doing you're doing so much in the course of that game and you're still not the leader, you know, until, until that point in brotherhood. But, um, I mean, I guess there maybe felt like there was something missing. Um, 
I don't know if it's from the the real the real world, well, not real world, but you know the, the from Desmond's standpoint, or if it's just that they're. I, I felt like the the ancestor, you know, Ezio's all his storyline. I felt like that was all solid. I felt like maybe the the end of the the Desmond's portion kind of felt a little bit rushed to me. I guess maybe that was maybe that was what it was. Um, because you get to that ending, and you know, it's just kind of like this like quick little run through the Colosseum and, you know, in present time, and then you get to the end and then, you know, go activate it, go get the, you know, go get the apple, and then there's the end of the game. You know, like, it just, yeah. it, it seems to wrap up a little too quickly, maybe. You know what, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think, Jared, I think he's got, I think he's got a great point about that. I mean, it's, it really felt, uh, you know, when, when Jared was telling me, because he beat it before I did, um, you know, it was, it felt, you're right, it felt rushed. Maybe that's exactly what it was. There's something missing. And I think, I think it was almost like, wow, you know, you just rushed me right through the whole ending of the game. And, um, I mean, even so, I mean, before I completed the game, I completed Rome. So I got to see a lot of the, a lot of the other side quests and whatnot, but it was just, you're right. I think it was just almost like it rushed right through. And I didn't, I felt like there's something else that should have been there and, and it wasn't there. And I just hope uh, that that they don't do the same for you know you know the next level of Assassin's Creed that they don't do something like that again because I mean wh- what is it Jared again they're coming out uh, with another game pretty quickly I think right yeah 2011 originally originally they were they said they were going to give Assassin's Creed a rest and they weren't going to come out with Assassin's Eleven uh, Assassin's Eleven <laughs> in uh, 2011 <laughs> but um now they are thanks to the sales numbers of Brotherhood. And I really think that's a bad idea, but I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, not too much later, but just, just a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, a little bit later, you know. Not yeah, but, but like the thing you said about those that ending sequence, you are absolutely right. I Honestly, I think what happened was they had plans for a different ending. You know, they had plans for a different ending. And for whatever reason, it got changed. Because you, you're, in my opinion, the game ends about two sequences before the actual ending of the game because once you get that apple that's it yeah once you get the, once you get the apple yeah. it's they, a ridiculous at that point you got guys groveling down at your feet and killing each other and just outright dying like you know i mean it was cool to see just what the apple could do and the fact that you know this isn't the only piece of eden there are more out there i think from that standpoint it was very cool but yeah at that point in the game i mean the game's over there's nothing at that point that can even sort of challenge you once you have that apple in your hand yeah pretty much i mean like you go through those last couple of uh sequences or missions with the apple um all you have to do is make sure that you don't run out of health while you're using it and then even the last mission it's like you know the the very last sequence um it started off so rushed like you know uh, what's called um why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Cesare. Yeah, Cesare. He, you know, he gets yeah, taken he away. Yeah. And, he, and he, like, you know, he, he's he's at some other location now. And he, that's, he was like, oh, well, I got to go kill him. And dude's just like, oh, okay, see you later. Yeah, and that was <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And then you go and you pretty much you just hunt him down and kill him, which actually that is something I want to bring up. Um, the ending boss fights, there has not been... Uh, even a decent ending boss fight in I shouldn't say decent, but challenging ending boss fight in Assassin's Creed since the first one. When you had to fight uh, your master with the apple. You know, yes. when he I'll has the apple. Yeah. I yeah. believe, yeah. When he has the apple and he's using it and 
you know, that shot multiple people and yeah, I mean that was a little a little crazy. That was more challenging than like, you know, at the end you fight Rodrigo. Um and you beat up an old man. I don't feel like that was much of a fight. Like, I mean, you're it's a fist fight for one. Like you, you don't <laughs> use your weapons. Like you could have really at that point you really that should have just been an assassination, but I understand why they didn't, because they are trying to keep it in historical perspective. The dude didn't die until he died at the you know, in that year in Brotherhood. Um so you know you know, you can't just go kill him and then be like oh you know the pope he just died that's okay yeah uh, but even the fight that you had before you do the fist fight with him though like Frank remember like we were playing it again because Frank went through and recorded oh my God. all of us as a too and I was like just use the knives and like he just stood back and used the knives while his copies were beating up Rodrigo and that was it like that was the fastest boss fight ever <laughs> <laughs> you know and then even in this one like when you're fighting Cesare. Um, with the way they built the combat system, like it is, ex it is uh, not extremely easy, but it's pretty easy it's to dispatch. Not difficult, yeah. I mean, like yeah. you would think that you know, and I guess it's, I guess in a, in a way, it's better that it's, you know, challenging, but not really much of like you know an actual like danger to you. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say it's better. Maybe that's a bad word for it, but. I guess it's better than the the extreme opposite, which is you know, in freaking possible, you throwing down your controller like F Assassin's Creed because I can't beat this last boss. That would be kind of a terrible way to go out. I mean, especially since you you technically most of these bosses, quote unquote, like because that's kind of what you can look at assassinations as, like almost as like a boss encounter. But, I mean, assassinations involve you dropping down off a ceiling, killing a guy in one hit, and running away. Like, I mean, when you, when you really boil it down to basics. So, I, I guess, you know, the way the combat system is built, yeah. I mean, when he brings out waves of other guys, like, normally that would be, like, a tense part in another game where you're like, man, I gotta dispatch all these minions and stuff like that. But in Assassin's Creed, it's like, oh, you came at me, counter kill, 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 kill. And Brotherhood got even crazier because... It, you could chain kill, so like you counter a guy, and like you could kill five guys before anybody else moves at you, and even then you can just start it over in the middle of the the animation. You could just counter him too. Like, I mean, you were literally just whirling around killing everybody except for Cesare because he, you know, he he jumps out of the way of counter kills and stuff like that because, you know, bosses don't go out that easy. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, like, I mean, anybody else he brings out, like, yeah, you you can wreck them. Uh, I mean, by that point in the game, especially depending on the weapon that you have. You know the weapons you have equipped at that point. Yeah, too. and like, then that's... You have like a heavy weapon, and he brings out one of the big guys. Like even those aren't really a challenge because you can just just straight up attack them. You know, as opposed to when you have like a normal weapon. Yeah, and another thing about like the end, the only boss and the only like I guess final boss that you actually kill yourself in Assassin's Creed is uh, the is uh, the master from what was Al Al Muib? Yeah, Al Malim. Yeah. I'm Malim okay, from Part yeah. One. Yeah, there you go. And uh, that beautiful special translation from Frank. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like Borgia, Borgia, you don't, you don't, you let him go. And even um, Cesare, like you don't kill him. You drop him off drop the side him. of the castle, <laughs> which <laughs> you know. <laughs> You oh know. my god, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's no guarantee that he's dead, man. Like, come on now. You take the blade, you put it in his face, that's it. But now, you dropped off the side of the castle, you don't know if he's alive or dead, you don't know, you know what I'm saying? You think he's dead. Uh, I mean, you're pretty sure he's dead, I mean, especially looking at that, but I mean, it, it, that was my thought the entire time, like, 
now you have now I really have no way of knowing whether or not that dude whether or not that guy's dead. You know, you drop him off the side. I mean, you spend the entire fight like stripping off his armor, taking off like the armor he has around his neck because he's so scared of you by that point in the game. You know, all of that, and you're like, okay, I'm totally just gonna just I'm just gonna slice this dude's throat. And then it's like, you know, no man can kill me. Like, okay, toss you off the side of the building. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, I don't understand it's, that. It's but interesting when it comes to that. Because, I mean, even in the second one, he could have killed, you know, Borgia then. And outside of a historical perspective, I mean, just from the fact that, you know, the situation you're in in the game, you could have killed, you know, the Pope then. And you don't. Why? Who knows? Like, you know, it's kind of an odd thing. I don't know. Maybe Ezio's weird like that. You know, he's not got a problem with killing people, but then he just let him go. I guess that's all right. You know, then you spend the entire next game trying to kill him. So, he's odd in that respect. Yeah. But now that, you know, so that's the end of Ezio's story, which I believe at that point... I think we're done with Ezio at this point in terms of in terms of gameplay be because by the end of us by the end of Brotherhood <laughs> he's gonna be seventy. He's forty eight. <laughs> no, he's forty eight. Especially him running around and chasing everybody years you know a couple of years later you're like dang man he's still chasing people around still chasing. <laughs> so like you know he's forty eight. I think we're pretty much done playing as him yeah, or he'll be the oldest I mean, superhero really? ever <laughs> or oldest you know here ever. Yeah, <laughs> but um. You know, now now you go back to Desmond, and he knows where, um, you know where the where the piece is, and uh, you know you go there, and uh, you know the, the area is kind of cool, and you meet Juno. You know, um, Minerva actually speaks about Juno. Well, she doesn't really speak about; it. she just says her name at the end of Assassin's Creed too. But uh, the you know the ancient one that you talk to in that tomb. Which just happens to be in a church, um, is is Juno. Um, and Frank, well, you, no, I, you, you had you something know, about Juno. Now that you touched on it, I mean, if if you want, um, it's just it's just strange. Um, you know, she brings up everything, and 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 you really get the impression, or or from what I gather, is they want you. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the spoilers, like like you know, like Rob said, um, you went ahead and you uh, you 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 stabbed Lucy. Uh, the woman that you supposedly love, you decide, you know what, I'm just going to stab you. But, I mean, it really wasn't up to you. Obviously, you know, Juno makes you, uh, or, or some kind of um, power makes you stab Lucy, and Lucy's really laying there. It was the apple, I mean, to me, yeah. like, at that point. I mean, everybody else freezes, including you, really. And then mm-hmm. you're moving, you know, Desmond's moving against his will. And, it, yeah, you know, just stabs Lucy. And it's like, that's, huh. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, but 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 from what Juno gathers from you is that they don't want, you know, Desmond to be mixed up with supposedly uh, an enemy, which is a little strange, but like, you know, J- Jared when we talked about this before too is uh, you know, with Lucy escaping from the complex over in uh, uh, uh at the villa, uh, you know, she escapes for a little while, you know, she's tired of of being what she's doing now, you know, running away, doing the assassin's work and stuff. So you know, you get the impression like maybe, maybe was she the enemy or was she someone that he was falling in love with? Um, you know, they bring up, uh, uh, you know, you need to find Eve, you know, and, and I guess, you know, Jerry, you may want to go through uh, the New Truth video, which obviously was for, uh, I think that's subject 16 and, and you know, and how, uh, you know, he plays a part by saying, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, obviously he's still going out of his mind, but 
you know, he's bringing up the fact that, you know, we need to find Eve. She's the key. Well, the key to what? Are we bringing about all these new things? And and what's the next storyline going to be and where? Um, I think, you know, Rob, right when you brought up uh, When Everyone Freezes, uh, right before that time, uh, Sean is going to come out with where you know the next place the place where they need to go for i think another temple or something like that right i think i think that's what he was getting towards yeah, out they located like another yeah they located another piece or at least we're on the the haunt of one i mean during the course of the game um what's his face i really can't remember his name right now his name means to study or whatever it gives you the, the passwords to everybody else's emails um so you can check all their emails but during the course of the game you get kind of like info on where other assassins guilds are and what they're what they're you know chasing after and the fact that they get um like leads that you know this you know this place has you know a lead on a, a piece and it seems like it's going somewhere and by the end of the game you know he sean's definitely like okay yeah, we know where another one is so oh you mean uh erudio he's the guy who sent you the email with everybody's yeah. password yeah, i didn't studious. know that means like, his name like means a, to a study. combination of the two. <laughs> it's like you know studious sort of study uh, well, there you go. Learn something every day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, uh, his name was Arudio. He sent you the passwords, which that does um, give you insight into what's happening. Um, I did want to talk about Lucy for a second, though, because the way, like, she was acting suspicious. So there's a chance that she actually may be working for the enemy. And like we talked about before, I know that there are actually um, a lot of people who never went outside when you yeah, came yeah, out, of the, out of the animus um, at all, really. the animus, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you can come outside. Well, when you come out of the animus, you can actually go outside. And one of the times when you go outside, Lucy's out there. Um, you talk to Lucy, and she's saying that you know she's getting kind of tired of running away and doing all this. So that was kind of strange. And then also, you come out again, like you know, you t- one time you come out of the animus, she's not yeah, like, there. I think like all actually, this six or something like that. She's just gone. Yeah, yeah. You go outside. Yeah, she's, she's not gone. There. She's not inside. She's just gone, and nobody makes any mention of it. You know, no matter how much you talk to Sean and Rebecca, she went number two. Yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when it when it comes to Lucy, that there's a second time when you when she's not there, and uh, you go outside if you use your your um eagle vision you can see her footsteps and they lead somewhere and then they just stop yeah they lead right you to know. the front where like the big crest for like the assassins is right on the front of the of monogione um and yeah like all the footprints stop it was weird to me because like at that point in the game i didn't even necessarily think that she just left um even though we kind of talked about it like i didn't even think she just left the way that the footprints went, I thought she had been kidnapped or something because, like, there's so many footprints, like, in such a wide, like, range. It's not, like, one person's footprints walking away. Like, to me, it looked like a whole group of people. And it doesn't show up until after you have that talk with her at that point in the game. You know, like, you use Eagle Vision the rest of the time, and, like, those footprints don't show up like that. So, I don't know. Just odd to me. But, uh, I mean... I don't necessarily, like, at least personally, I'll say I don't necessarily think she was a traitor. I mean, especially given the emails that were going back and forth between her and the, I guess, the leader, William, um, that he, you know, don't get wrapped up in this, you know, don't throw away something like this on the, on the course of feelings that you might have. Mm -hmm. And like, it makes her seem suspicious, but not necessarily like she's doing something wrong. I mean, maybe the assassins aren't necessarily all that you think they are. You know, maybe it's that case where everybody's kind of, you know, against you and really you're, you got to go on your own way to, to do what's right, quote unquote. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily think that she herself 
was like a you know a bad person or that she was you know doing something that was very much not in your you know not in your best interest or something like that you know maybe it's something they just feel like is your best is the best interest of the world or something rob takes that great point that's a great point right there uh rob when he just said um uh you know maybe the assassins aren't really who they say they are uh you know exactly um you know the uh, where Rob was going with it is is if you notice it, the Templars are after one thing. The Assassins they seem to be after protecting something, you know, protecting themselves or protecting humanity. But are they really? Are all of them in on the same line of thinking? Uh, you know, back in the day, I'm sure that that's what it was because everyone was, you know, you know, the technology wasn't there and and society wasn't there where they could split off and form their own factions. But it's very possible that Desmond is going to have to come up into a conclusion of who's he going to choose and how is he going to go about. Because he's got one thing. He's got the assassins. He's got the Templars. He's got the first civilization. And he's got the end of the world coming all in uh, pretty close together. So, yeah, and, and I mean, you, really can't yeah. even, you really can't even forget in the course of that that at some point, you know, Altair, your, your first, you know, the, the founder of the order type of deal, he, you know, he's with the Templar. So... You know, how does that play in down the line? Like, is it just, you know, a one-off? Is that just a one-off? Is there something that's, Mm. it has continued over time? I mean, you go through uh, Brotherhood, in fact, also, and Altair, uh, not Altair, Ezio, Ezio, um, has that whole, that whole song, that whole kind of like sideline with uh, Sforza. And then by the end of that, kind of, you know, your princess is another, your princess is another castle or whatever, um, that, she's you know goes back off to you know try and you know get her land back in Forley and nothing comes of you know what her and Ezio had or didn't have uh but you know you kind of get the idea as far as what we know too yeah well not even that because if you talk to Sean actually after that point um when you come out of the animus he He tells you you that she died of tuberculosis yeah she goes yeah yeah, she goes like somewhere petitioned unsuccessfully to get her lands back and dies of tuberculosis or pneumonia or something and you're like Uh, uh, was it pneumonia (laughs) was it pneumonia i think i don't remember i think no i think it was it wasn't it wasn't tuberculosis or pneumonia it was some actually it was some type of sexually transmitted it was syphilis yeah i think it was syphilis i think that's right it was syphilis maybe it was you know she was a dirty girl See? Told you that chick get around. That's why Leonardo tells you, man. He tells you right in the second, the second assassin. He's like, you better watch out for that girl. See, I tell you. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he actually does. I, I bet you yeah. Leonardo's the first one. I, I don't know if this is PG, but I bet you Leonardo's the first one to tell you. Hey, uh, you know, makes up the first, uh, you know, Jimmy hat. You know what I mean? Like he comes up with one, like a sheepskin. Maybe that's where they got the sheepskin one. I don't know. Maybe he came up with that invention too. I don't know. Maybe it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> But nice. Hey, I, you know, I just I try to keep it classy. Great inventor, Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's, yeah. it's it's yeah yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, Lucy, the whole thing with Lucy and and uh, you know the uh, I guess the whole thing like you said with the apple and it makes him do something. But you know, uh, and another thing is, does the apple make you do something that in the back of your mind you know something's wrong, and you 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 go about your reaction uh, based off you know, what's in the back of your mind, like your subconscious, and that's what made him do it? Was it really the apple that made him do it? Or is it just the apple uh, puts, uh, you, you know, makes what is in the back of your mind, you know, come true? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Is that, is that something that could be happening? I don't think so, honestly. I really feel like he, you get put under the impression enough during the course of the game that the apple really does control people. I mean, 
um, through the course of the truth in Assassin's Creed 2, um, through what you experience by wielding the apple in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, uh, you get put on the impression, you know, like Henry Ford and all that stuff that they go on with the truth uh, in the truth in Assassin's Creed 2, um, that they're using it to control workers to make them work for next to nothing. Uh, at brotherhood you've got guys you know genuflecting before you fighting their enemies and you know like it just goes in like a you know a steady progression i don't think that the apple really i don't think it's that nuanced that it's something in the back of his head that he's like oh man maybe she's against me and it pushes that to the okay front. well then who was the controlling apple. the apple to control to control desmond was it juno or was it I think, the apple I don't itself? Think it was, I think it was. I think it was Juno. I think it was the the temple itself is set up as kind of like a safeguard or something along those lines. Um, that it's I mean, awesome. considering you're in a temple that's made by the first civilization, it makes sense that they would be able to, you know, maybe program it to control the apple, which you know they themselves made, you know, that sort of thing. See, I don't think that she used the apple to control him because. Um, you know, when Desmond stabbed Lucy, he definitely was aware of what was happening to him, and he was trying to fight it. Uh, so far, like, any reference to what the Apple does uh, when they're talking about it, it, it it makes it seem that the Apple doesn't necessarily um, force you to do something. It alters your reality. Like, you know, in, uh, in the first Assassin's Creed, uh, they were talking and said, "How do you like? Do you, you said? Do you think Moses really parted the Red Sea? No, he just made people think he parted the Red Sea because of the apple." Oh, okay. And he started talking about all these different miracles and stuff like yeah, I remember that. that. Or mm-hmm. even, you know, when it comes to like you know, even Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, when you're using the apple against um, the fighters and they start killing each other, they're it's not like they're struggling to not kill each other. They're really going at it because they believe that they're each other's enemy. Um, you know, when in in the truth video, when you see uh, one of the people from the first civilization using the apple, um, he is, uh, you know, the workers are just working. They're not like struggling. You know, they don't look in pain or anything like that. So I think the apple just warps your reality, you uh-huh. know, and, and you do things based on that. But uh, I think uh, they had. I think there's something deeper to how Juno was able to control Desmond to stab Lucy. But that's the thing, though, is from the truth video and everything else, you get the point. You know, I'm sure Rob will touch on this too. Is the fact that, uh, you know, he's supposed to get in touch with Eden. It's like everything is on this key to be with. I mean, I'm sorry, not Eden, Eve. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he's supposed to meet Eve. Um, you know, just take it from there. I mean, wh- wh- where is that going to lead? Yeah, I mean, oh, you want to say something? Oh, no, I mean, you can go ahead. I mean more or less like I don't really it, there's so many ways that it could go that it's really hard to speculate um also given you know outside of the, the realm of the game itself that they they very much have been um like Ubisoft I mean have been pretty pretty straightforward about the fact that each time they have a numbered Assassin's Creed that they intend to have a new descendant or not a new descendant a new ancestor yes. so if the next Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed 3 then you know you're talking a new time frame, a new setting, a new a new ancestor. So speculation could be all over the board. Like I think the only thing that they have confirmed definitely is that it won't be World War Two. So I mean, like outside of that, I mean that's that's a long time frame between the Renaissance and now that <laughs> you could have ancestors or settings. It could be anywhere in the world. Um, I mean, more or less, it's you know where where might Desmond end up, but. I, I really don't know. You know, you don't know if Rebecca and Sean are still going to be part of it. It's it can really go anywhere. Well, um, 
you know, not only does Juno talk about Eve, but Subject 16 talks about Eve. So I guess we might as well just talk about the Truth video quickly. Um, that was not that video, but the Truth that was in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, before we talk about Eve, um, first of all, the Truth in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, while it was cool and all, I was a little ticked that the fact that it did not reveal any truth. It was more puzzle. When you talk to, when you, you know, it's not a video, it's actually a level that you go through. And when you talk to Subject 16, he's not talking coherently. And he says stuff like, um, you know, she is not who you think she is. I mean, is he talking about Lucy? Is he talking about Juno, Minerva? Is he talking about Eve? Um, He says Eve's DNA is the key. You know, is he talking about, you know, a person that's alive, a person that's dead? Um, He says, um... Your son is too weak, and he says it twice. He says, and if you have, you have to have the subtitles. The son on. of son, yeah. yeah, yeah. He says, he says, your son is too weak. The first time, when he says son, s o n. Then the second time, he says, your son is too weak. He's it's s u n. So it's like, what is he talking about? Is more puzzle. That's why I didn't like about the, um, the truth video, the truth uh, in Brotherhood, because it didn't give me any truth. It just left me with more questions. Now, like I said, he he mentioned Eve's DNA being the key. Um, is this one of those situations where Desmond is supposed to meet up with Eve and have like a kid, and therefore save the world, <laughs> or is he talking about you know some type of ancient Eve that's already dead and they got to get her DNA, or you know whatever? Like, what are they talking about? Either way, I think, I think Eve coming into play, whatever it or she is, um, is a major player in why Desmond was forced to stab Lucy. Um, I think Desmond was definitely forced to stab Lucy um, because he was in love with her. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Minerva wanted her get. It's either that Minerva didn't want her getting in the way of the plans of the first civilization, or it could have been that. Minerva knows, not Minerva, sorry, Juno knows that um, Lucy is actually an enemy, you know, because even like, you know, like I said, Subject 16 said she's she is not who you think she is, um, you know, and if that's talking about Lucy, you know, Juno could have did that protecting, you know, as a protection for Desmond so that Desmond can complete his task, and we don't even know if Juno or the first civilization really wants to save humanity. They may just be trying to save themselves. So they may be trying to do something where they uh where they're uh, trying to preserve themselves or bring themselves back because I I didn't forget the fact that they had enslaved humanity. Yeah. And I during the course I remember of the whole end part where you're going through the Temple of Juno and she's talking, I mean, you definitely get the idea that they're not really thrilled that their only chance at you know their their civilization coming back is a human being like you know apparently you're more than what you seem that you are um like maybe he's not just human you know maybe there's something else going on there because they don't she talks about it but she doesn't really touch on it too much um but i mean even aside from that like juno i mean juno's definitely um not as, let's say, friendly as Minerva is <laughs> during the course of the, end yes. of the game. But uh, she, she also, you definitely just get the impression in general that they're, they're not really thrilled with the fact that a human has to save them. Like, you know, the human has to save the, the world, basically. Um, I, I kind of think that 
that I mean with the whole subject sixteen, um, I think that and and you know Lucy and all that. I really feel that just from a standpoint of a story, and this is why I felt maybe the game the end of the game was rushed a little too much. Um, that basically they got Lucy out of the way so that it doesn't stand in the way of whatever happens with you and Eve at some point, because I do think that something in the game involves you finding Eve and like that they're supposed to get together. And that's how you either bring back first civilization to save humanity or how that saves humanity remains to be seen. But I think that that's part of it. And I really feel like it was almost a too convenient way of wiping out a potential love interest that might've gotten in the way of that. Um, which is why I feel like the end of that game was rushed a little too much. Um, as far as Subject 16 and the stuff that, that Juno says in that temple, um, I think that maybe that she's not who you think she is refers to the fact that I don't think that Eve is human. I don't think, you know, despite the fact that in the first Truth video, you're, you're pretty much looking at Adam and Eve. Um, I don't necessarily think that the Eve that he's talking about or that Juno's talking about is human. I think that Eve may be maybe a last descendant of the first civilization, something along those lines. Uh, I'm really not sure because, I mean, they do leave a lot of stuff in the air. You do really end that game with more questions than answers. Yeah, definitely more questions than when you ended Assassin's Creed 2. Definitely more. Um, uh, Frank, you got anything on Eve? Um, I got a couple of things. Um is she really the key to the first civilization and in into what degree you know like you got like you guys say before or is she the key uh uh to bringing about um where both of their dnas are needed to meet at a certain uh place to save humanity almost like uh, uh like you would a turnkey a lock to to disengage a nuclear weapon if if i can use that analogy as weird as it is um you know where both of their bloodlines are needed to gain access to a certain temple that may have saved or will save uh, humanity itself. Maybe that's what the first civilization died for, was coming with that technology before they died uh, to, to try to save the world. They just couldn't do it or they didn't have it at that time or, or maybe they passed before that happened. And 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 you know cross-breeded their DNA into into humans so that way when it did happen again that humanity would be able to save itself. Um, his uh, subject 16's thing where uh, he says he's not who sh who you think she is. I think he I think he was referring to Lucy. I think uh, he knew what Lucy was really, and I believe that Lucy was a Templar. The same Maria was a Templar for uh, Altair. And if if that's the case, maybe it was that yeah they would have gotten in each other's way from what the future really needed which was uh, Desmond and Eve needed to become either together, either through the same place, maybe not sexually or maybe not in a reproductive way, maybe just together to gain access to a temple with newer technology that may help save or maybe even uh, be like an arc, almost like an arc to save uh, humanity again uh, uh, when this device goes off. But then again, is it really a device or is there something else that's going to happen? You know what I mean? It, it's really so many different ways they can throw this out. And is it possible that they rushed the game so much that they killed Lucy off? Or is it uh, another way of them uh, just deepening the story uh, to where, you know, Lucy's hurt and that's where his, his heart really is. And just they're introducing another female character in her place for now. But at the end, everything will come together at one shot. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, what I'm afraid is that are they really going to bring this to a different uh, time period, the next game? Are you going to be an assassin in a different time period? Or is this going to skip directly to Desmond? Is this whole story just going to rely on that, on him? That's it. The next game is him. 
and and his struggle to 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 do whatever it is to find Eve and everything else because that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid is it possible they're being rushed too much to to bring about where the game has to be on him now and and not another level of of time. I'm not I'm not sure, you know, because where, where are you going to fit into assassination techniques or certain ones in, in world, you know, and like, you know, like Rob's saying, you know, they're not going to put it in world wars. But where are you going to put it, you know, where you can where you can still utilize knives, but not still utilize guns. And during that whole point of, of that amount of larger time, you know, where where are you going to go from there? And, and, and that's what that's the hardest part of the thing is where do they where do they go from here for the story? And that's just the story. That's not even the gameplay. Yeah, um, in terms of the story, I mean, I do. I don't think they're going to bring it into modern times yet. Um, if anything, I think the next, the next, you know, Assassin's Creed will. You know, the previous three Assassin's Creed have really been about the apple or pieces of Eden. Um, now we have, you know, we have it. We have the the apple. You know, we have that now. So I think. Um, they're going to search genetic DNA or, you know, the DNA, sorry, the DNA memory for information on Eve, what it is or who she is, where they can find her, you know, stuff like that. Um, the things I'm concerned about though, with them coming out with, because, you know, when it, with Brotherhood, they had planned to do Brotherhood after Assassin's Creed 2. That was planned. So they just continued development all the way through. They were not planning to release an Assassin's Creed in 2011. So now I, I'm worried about uh, them coming out with a buggy game, a game with a bad story, or uh, you know something with stale gameplay. You know where not too much changes, or even if they change stuff that doesn't need to be changed just to make it different. You know I, I, I am con- I am concerned about that. But where they leave the story off. There's so many ways you can go. I mean, this besides all the unanswered questions of why did they stab Lucy? What is Juno talking about? Who is Eve? Uh, what was Subject 16 talking about? Besides all that, now at the very end during the credit, you hear voices. Uh, you know, Desmond's unconscious, and you hear voices. Who has Desmond? Like, is it the Assassin's Order? Did the Assassin's Order come and get Desmond? Or do the Templars have him again? And that's the one where I told you I wanted you to go over, which was that guy from the email who I think Lucy was talking to, letting him know, I think it's them. I think it's that portion of the guild or or faction or whatever you want to call it that has taken him. That's what I think. Yeah, that's William. It's William M. His emails are labeled as. And he is... His emails make me think that the Assassin's Order isn't what it seems... Um, because he's the guy who sent Lucy an email says, hey, don't let your feelings get in the way of our goals. You know, that tells me they want to do something bad with Desmond. Well, I mean... Yeah, it's something, that's, that's something less than, you know, kosher. You know, something that's not necessarily in his best interest. Quick thing, is it possible they bring this thing back full circle? Almost the same way Al-Malim was the, the Templar that was a leader of the Assassin's Guild. Possible they put it, they spin it right back on there, that William M. is, the, is, is, is working for the Templars? Uh, Possibly, but I, think, possi- I feel like it's almost too easy to, to do yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, I was, just, I was just curious. Yeah. I just hope they don't do something like that, because that would be really, really bad. Well, but well, was Al Al Muin was he really a Templar? No, I don't think. I mean, he was. or was I he just a corrupt just, assassin? Yeah. yeah. He was just well, he used both. I think it was right. I think it was he. He used both though, because he knew things about the Templars. He really. I mean, obviously being an assassin, but he really. He probably knew a lot about how they worked and how he could manipulate Altair into doing everything that he needed. So it's it's possible. Yeah, yeah. He could have just been working on his own. But well, if that's the case, 
well, I'm sure a lot of the other Assassin's guys are doing the same then. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's necessarily a black and white, you know, you have to be working for the Assassins or you have to be working for the Templars. I, they never really put you into the impression that... Um, that the your your master in the first game was a Templar, and just that the fact that he just wasn't out for the means that he sets you know sets you under the impression that the assassin's order is built for, uh, like he's out for himself, like he's out to gain the same kind of power, you know, to use things for the same kind of means that Templars do. Not that he is a Templar, you know. You don't. It's not. I don't think it's that black or white. But I mean, it's it's definitely something that's possible. And I think something that will come up that. Not everybody, you know, who's an assassin is necessarily trying to help. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, how much remains to be seen. Um, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of questions, you know. There, there's a lot of things. And it's already been said, it, it would be a terrible mistake, and I don't think that they will, but I, it would be a terrible mistake just to move it, um, you know, into the, into the present time. Uh I, it really depends on where the timeline ends up as, you know, as far as, like, it, is the next one going to be numbered, for one, especially if they weren't playing this. You know, if it's not, then, I mean, you're kind of in a situation where you um, are left with, like, well, if it's not numbered again, then who's the, you know, then is it Ezio some more? Because that seems like it's over, you know, overdoing oh, things. I think his story yeah. has run its course. And if it is numbered, then it can end up anywhere in the timeline. And I think depending on where it ends up on the timeline, that also puts a very big emphasis on what, you know, if, you know, you can't jump to modern times that quickly and have, you know, throw all these mechanics out the window that you've built up in the other games. So depending on where you end up in the timeline in the next game determines a lot of what you're going to be doing, what new mechanics are you going to see, what kind of stuff kind of fades out because it's not relevant anymore. You know, you're, are you going to be, you can't really be jumping in the hay bales, you know, all, through all of time, you know, it's not always going to work, you know, what happens then. Um, you know, it, it really depends, depends, you know, what they're, well, they're going and what they're going to do after that point. You know, I think, um, like I said, uh, it's, it's huge, whichever way they want to go and whether or not they put it in a certain amount of times, I'm not too sure where those times are going to be and how they're going to implement it. I'm sure they already have an idea. Um, you know, I don't know, like, you know, like everyone else says, I mean, are they going to stay with Ezio? I mean, that would just be, I just think that's moving backwards more than it is moving forwards. Uh, I think we've had enough of our guy, and I think if you put uh, more emphasis on him, I don't really think it's it's going to work. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's something that needs to prove. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, I think the same thing. Um, I think they need to stay with the with the combat system, um, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it as quickly as they uh, as slowly as they did it with uh, Assassin's Creed Two to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I think. Um, uh, a couple of improvements that I think they they should do is is you know let's say they do move to this n- new time they're are they going to jump right into someone who's already an assassin kind of like they did Altair and if so is the combat system going to stay the same because I did like the new combat system I also like the uh, guild and Ezio already came out with the guild so does that mean in the future where they have the next game are they going to have that same guild again where you still have to recruit guys and make them so are you are you a leader or are you in charge of your own faction uh, of the whole assassins order uh, you know I, I'm wondering what's going to happen with that um uh it, the 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 way that they emphasized uh, details to the environment and everything else and historical events i'm sure they're going to keep that i'm sure they're going to keep up you know building of side quests and things but i still i think they need to tweak those or, or make them a little better or add something just completely fresh because i'm not too sure if that's all going to work again 
Yeah, like Greg Frank says, I, I don't think they're going to have to jump, I don't think they're going to jump ahead to modern times, simply because, well, actually what Rob said, um, all the different dynamics you have in the game don't make sense to use it here, you know? Um, even them adding guns in the Brotherhood, you know, SEO getting shot and, you know, taking some damage, um, that that's one thing, but, you know, weapons, guns have definitely improved. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's one thing to you get know, hit by know. like you know a musket, you know they they got to manually load and all that kind of thing. But another thing altogether for somebody to pull out a machine gun and you know shoot at you, you don't want to turn Assassin's Creed into the same thing that every other game is. You know, cover-based combat yeah. systems and all that kind of stuff. You you don't want to do that. There's a reason why yeah. it's done well, and it's because it's not like every other third-person action game, action adventure game that's out. You know, in general. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I don't think uh, Desmond will fare well versus a team of guys with M4s, you know. But um, things that I hope they improve on, I mainly I want them to improve on the stealth aspect of the game in Brotherhood, especially as it compared to, let's say AC one, AC two, a lot more stealth. You were forced to be stealthy to get hundred percent sync in a lot of the missions. Uh, no. um, <laughs> What that was that? Not a, I don't know. Like there were some missions where I was like, "All right, this is stupid." <laughs> I'm not even gonna. Bother. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah that that was pretty bad. But I mean, I mean, I I like the stealth portions, but they don't give you the tools you need to be stealthy. That's the thing. Like, how you really can't be stealthy. Well, like, part of being stealthy, in my opinion, is being able to you know wall not wall walk, but you know lean against walls and look around corners like. Really, like you can't do that. Other than that, you kind of have to just pop out and see if somebody's looking. You know, looking. Or the cover of darkness. Yeah, or the cover of darkness. I think I really want them to improve on the stealth aspect of the game. They don't need to go full Metal Gear or full Splinter Cell, but just improve it because you're an assassin. Like you know, you're supposed to be stealthy. I'm already jumping off of buildings and stabbing people, walking past people, poisoning them. You know, give me a little stealth option here. You know what I'm saying? But that's really what I would like to see them uh, them improve on. You, what about you, Rob? Um, I think that that's, that's fairly true. I think that they can take, especially as you get closer to modern times, maybe not necessarily with the next game or anything like that, but I think as you get closer to modern times, because... I mean, who knows how many games this is going to go for as far as the series goes, or maybe it takes care of itself in the same time frame. But to me, at some point, you have to have Desmond be the guy. Like, he has to be the guy from beginning to end in his own story. Um, I don't think you can always piggyback off somebody else because it lessens Desmond to a certain extent um, as a character because I think one of the things we talked about when we were kind of doing prep for this last week was that... uh, or the week before, is that Desmond has improved, but he hasn't improved on the same level that, say, Ezio improved over the, you know, I mean, yeah, it's the course of, like, you know, a a few weeks for for Desmond and stuff like that, um, as opposed to years for Ezio, but, like, you don't really see him develop too much as a character. He gets better, he gets gets more interesting, but he's still kind of just along for the ride to a certain extent, you know, like, oh, I'm here to save the world, you know, like, and you can't keep doing that. He's not interesting. Then you can't have him save the whole, you know, save the whole world, or you know, stop the moon, you know, the sun from exploding, and you know, 
you know, get Eve and do whatever he's supposed to do with her and, you know, save the and save the planet. If you got this guy who's really all in all, like he's interesting because you know he has the potential to be interesting from his ancestors, but not necessarily because of anything he has done himself. Um, as you get closer to modern times, you definitely have to institute, you know, him being the guy on his own, him being developing more as a character, uh, you know, whether or not it's through the course of years, like, you know, it was with Ezio or not, that's kind of something that it, it can go either way. It doesn't need to be like a very long time. You need to make him more compelling, um, even if it is through the backstory of other games. But when he is the guy that it, you're going to be in modern times, you got to deal with those realities. The fact that, you know, guys are going to have, you know, high tech weaponry. Um, you're talking about the, the Templars and the, the Templars in modern time. The Templars are like the, the, the top of, you know, technology. They're in the top of every industry. You know, they got the best of all worlds and it's like, he's got to contend with that at some point, you know, maybe they need to take some cues from games like Splinter Cell. Not, you know, necessarily, like I said, you don't want to be like every other game, but the same way that maybe, you know, Splinter Cell, you still definitely had stealth, but like you could still take eyes out like rapidly, you know, going from, you know, cover to cover using darkness, you know, but it was still a quicker based action game, um, you know, more akin to like a stealth in movies, you know, you know, hiding behind something, popping a guy, running out, you know, or, you know, stabbing a guy, running out, hiding, you know, not necessarily hiding bodies, scaring guys. Um, maybe you take hints from stuff like that, but not, not, don't, don't go too far in that direction. Please don't go too far in that direction. <laughs> um, right, right. But anything before that, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say. I, you know, if you're talking, okay, it's not going to be World War II. Are you talking before World War II? Um, you know, what other... They've kind of gone with major world events as, you know, a platform for what is going, you know, as the backdrop for what's happening in the Assassin's Creed so far. And the first game, you're in the Crusades, you know, the big deal in history. Um, you know, second game, Renaissance Italy, also a big, you know, a big point. Um, two very contrasting times too. I mean, you know, you had the Crusades, you had guys killing each other over land and, you know, religion and stuff like that. And the Renaissance is, you know, very much supposed to be a, you know, a time where human beings were getting better, more or less, you know, there's, you know, art was flourishing, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, do you go back to something that's not so cool? You know, do you go to something, you know, may, you know, if you're not talking World War II, maybe you're talking World War One. you know, very big, you know, very big point in history. Um, do you, you know, I don't necessarily think you talk, like, too recent, because, I mean, you go past World War Two and you're, you're pretty much, like, in recent times. At that point, you might as well just jump ahead to Desmond. Um, I don't really know what other, you know, it, it, it would definitely have to be a world event, something big. Um, that's happening as a backdrop that's, you know, something that's kind of important for, like, you know, the, the world, or at least in that region. I mean, to this point, it's also been very much Europe, you know, like, European-based, you know, that that side of the world. Do you go somewhere else? Do you go to somewhere like Russia? You know, do you go to, you know, the, the fall of, like, you know, Princess Anastasia and all that, you know, the, the family being taken out there, which is, you know, kind of in that same time frame as World War One. Um, there's a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of things that you can go with, but it's definitely got to be a big backdrop. Um, yeah, 
don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just say like it's. It, it really at a certain point, it's like I I need to go get, grab a history book and sit down and be like, well, you know, it could be over here. Uh, we could be talking this time and you know this time in, in history. It, there's just so many big world events, and you know, given that they, especially over in Europe and stuff like that, that you know it's just a lot of stuff that you could cover do you maybe you know take a different tack and move it to the u.s you know move it to the revolution or something you know where you're still kind of in that time frame where you could you could trend you could you could still actually make that transition pretty well that um you know you still have you know like muskets and things like that so weaponry isn't such a problem to deal with it's something you can kind of gradually work your way over um you know, there is that whole backdrop of, you know, the, you know, the, you know, new founded U.S. versus Britain, you know, is Britain filled with Templars, you know, what's going on there is, you know, the founders of the U.S., are they assassins, things like that. I mean, there's just so many possibilities that it, there has to be a certain point in history where you can kind of make that transition from, like, this is definitely a more modern age, but there's just so much time in history where it's really hard to say. All right. Um, I think, uh, I think we're just about done here. So, uh, you guys got anything to say in closing? Well, Rob, I'm pretty sure you've said everything you want to yeah, say. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was a bit long winded. I just, they, <laughs> he was on a roll, man. <laughs> yeah. There's so much you can say. Yeah. How about you, Frank? Um, you know, overall, uh, you know, to finish everything up, I just I, I think with um with the you know the new videos for people that haven't finished yet, I think that's going to help everyone. Um, in terms of the game itself, Brotherhood, they really need to move on from Ezio. If they don't, it's gonna it's gonna really hamper the game. It's gonna not seem. I mean, it's yeah, it's fictional anyway, but it's really not going to be believable. I mean, this guy's going to be like 90 and he's still running around like a two year old. So it's just, it to me, it just doesn't really make much sense. I think you need to move on. Maybe show like a glimpse. Uh, from the past like that and then move on. Um, I think uh, I, I think Rob had a good point of the American Revolution era, uh, World War I, uh, you know, uh, something maybe even before, right before those times of the American Revolution, maybe like French-Indian War, uh, something along those lines, maybe even at, uh, uh, some other time period, or maybe they'll switch it on, maybe they'll have uh, different time periods mixed together where you know Desmond's moving out trying to find Eve and he has to go back through each portion of his of his genetic code and each one kind of brings him to a different point in error and you kind of touch certain ones so it, a lot of different ways uh, a lot of different things they can add so I'm just looking forward to it that's that's pretty much all I have to say I think I think they're really going to look forward to it and I think people are really going to enjoy the next videos they got coming all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm trying to keep my hopes high cuz I'm really hoping that they don't mess anything up because they're releasing it you know, in such a short amount of time. But uh, I do hope that they... I hope it's a game that definitely answers more questions. You know, Brotherhood, in my opinion, really didn't answer a whole lot of questions. Uh, it just made more questions. I, I can <laughs> so I'll say that, yeah. yeah. I would definitely like for them to answer the questions we've already talked about. And maybe a few more, like, I, I'm wondering... Why is Desmond not the leader of the Assassin's Order? I mean, he's definitely a direct descendant of Ezio, who was the leader of the Assassin's Order. Like, where was the disconnect? So if they oh, can, uh, if they just can... just real quick, they touched on that just a little bit. I don't know if you remember, uh, Desmond was in a bar and he was working as a bartender. He decided not to keep going with where his family was going, and I think he kind of just left like a loner, just kind of deserted them and and just started his own life. 
When they talk about that, oh, the, the, very briefly in the first one, you, you get there that that point. You he was a bartender beforehand, um, but I don't know. Like the disconnected thing happens before that. You never get any mention that his family was important in the assassins' order. You know, he doesn't know that it's like a huge, you know, assassin. You know, it may have been like something that is. was kept from him though. Kind of like it's the way true. Ezio's father, you know, kept it from him. He just thought his father was a banker. That's why he was just banging yeah. out women, right, Rob? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Just bang mm-hmm. them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, you never know. Like in the next Assassin's Creed, he can walk into a room like, Uncle John, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> you know, William and his dad or something. It's like what? Like, That's weird. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, it's gonna wrap it up for us here today. Uh, you know, we're trying to make it shorter. <laughs> you know, definitely not as long as the first one. Uh, but maybe not as sure as we wanted it to be. But um, yo, know, yeah. Thanks for taking the time to listen and uh, you know visit the site. Once again, just uh, you know, leave your comments, feedback. Loved it, hate it. Just let us know. Just visit the site. Uh, so uh, we're out of here, and you guys have a good day. <laughs>